Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Deeper Current podcast. I am your host, Hannah Ruth Dyson, and this week I'm so excited to be joined by a really beautiful guest. Her name is Yana Robinson, and she, like so many, wears so many hats. She's a poet, an incredible writer, activist, women's coach, author of two books. Is that right, Yana? Yeah, <laughs> two books. the second one's not out yet, but yes. <laughs> not out yet. Yay. Well, welcome to the podcast, Yana. And thank you so much for joining us. Like, where, where are you right now? It's a pleasure. It's nice to be <laughs> reconnected with you. Um, I am joining you from Encinitas, California. So kind of like San Diego area. Okay, beautiful. I... Yeah, I like um, for this podcast so far, it's been mainly me solo. So I'm really grateful to have, yeah, this, I think this is my third conversation recorded. I like to have conversations, um, even though I have lots of uh, things I want to talk to you about. Uh, I haven't necessarily written down any questions. So I'm excited for this just to free flow and to see where we both want to take it and uh, yeah, I want to first share how I came to Yana. I came to her work, like, I think some sometime in 2018. And it wasn't until the summer of 2018 that I felt this sudden urge I had to reach out to her. I was really called to work with her. And I want to share a little bit about uh, how that came about and why I was so drawn to Yana. I mean, there were many reasons. But it was, I mean, overall, just a really refreshing voice online just to read Yana. And I think at the time I was like so paralyzed nearly with the fear of criticism that mm. to watch someone <laughs> dance with criticism and allow for criticism and it to just be um, part of the journey of sharing your truth and for the way she just held it with grace and sometimes with tears, sometimes with discomfort. But really, the main thing is that she just kept going. And I would say at the time, I was surrounded or I was meeting a lot of people who were like, really politically correct. And what I started to notice and what I started to feel was that this political correctness um, was really sometimes hiding some of the truth and the realness and the honesty of who we are that's imperfect and, you know, um, all the things that we come from. And it was more about presenting and showing as, um, as, as good people. And uh, what I started to see also was some, like, really unkind and... Um, pretty destructive behavior um, under the name of political correctness. And it was something that was also, I think, um, paralyzing me because I care so much and I wanted so much to do no harm. And um, yeah, but I also had so much I wanted to say and I had so much I wanted to share with the world and write. And so that's really why I came to Yana and really wanted to get... Uh, more of my words out there, more of my voice, and just learn about this woman who uh, seems so unafraid to share her truth. And I would love to hear from you, Yana. Like, has this always been the case? Has this always been with you? Has this always been a part of you? Um, because it's so beautiful 
to witness and still so rare? Mm, well, I want to lead with thank you for the generosity of your words. Those are those are beautiful words. Um, and uh, there's there's two parts to that. I, I grew up in a household with two moms. I was raised by two lesbian moms and they their motto from day one was say everything. And so people sometimes learn that it's like not safe to say everything. And my experience was the opposite. It was like, it's not safe if we don't say everything. So I am an expressionist and as a poet and a writer, um, I feel that's my first job is to just express. And um, it's interesting because usually the backlash that comes back from expressing as a writer is because what I'm expressing isn't in resonance or in harmony with somebody else's beliefs or thoughts. And as we are and become expressionists, it's just about our truth. And, you know, I'm never trying to make a universal truth. I'm never trying to say this should be your truth. I'm just saying this is my truth. And therefore, there's no wrong or right in that arena. There's just a truth. And so, um, I also, I think we probably talked about this, think that people often are afraid of expression because way back in the day when we used to live in little caves and communities and had like little tribes and units that we really relied on to survive, if you were ostracized from a community, it actually probably could mean death. And so I think that we're afraid of expressing all of who we are because we believe that it'll mean like ostracization, alone, death. And just how that's not true. You know, even if you were ostracized from 200 communities, there's millions of people on this planet and you can reinvent and recreate community anywhere in the world. So it's really, it's interesting. Um, I'm actually, I'm launching a course coming up, um, which I would love to talk to you more about. And there's another piece, another course that's going to be about like, what are you here to say and what are you here to express? But this next one is called your truth. This one coming up is called your truth is your medicine. And that's really my work is like, it's safe to say anything and, um, it's safe to express. So my work is largely being a container for people to know and to swim around in, you know, yes, it's safe to be all of who you are. So if, and I'm not, then also within that, of course it's vulnerable, you know, there's no, I don't think vulnerability ever goes away, no matter how much of a, a sage you do it. Although my, uh, my mentor, uh, do you know, Gay Hendricks? I don't know if we ever talked about him. I've heard of I've heard of him. Yeah. yeah, so he's written he's written like 45 books and he has, his most famous one was called The Big Leap. And he's launching his 45th book called Conscious Luck and we were having a conversation because he's talking to really big media every day. And he was like, "You know, Yana, once you've been on Oprah 3 times, like nothing does your nervous system like that. Like nothing's scary <laughs> anymore." So on some level maybe it does get less scary the more that we do it. But um I think that there's, you know, laying in, in bed this morning with my partner, he shared something and I was like, was that vulnerable? And he was like, yeah, incredibly so. So um, I think vulnerability and showing the underbelly of our soul will always be vulnerable. And it is only uh, met in a way of strong expression by people, by artists, by anyone, when there's both that courage and commitment to this is vulnerable, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I think those are the key pieces of like, 
yeah, it, yes, it's vulnerable. Uh, yes, I grew up in a household where it was encouraged to communicate, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and I wish for every child and parent to, to feel that same safety that I did to express myself. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, does that answer it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so beautiful because I have like so many tangents like pinging off in my mind of <laughs> different directions I want to go. But um, yeah, let me see whatever comes through immediately. I, well, I love the relationship um, that you share with your mom and also with, um, I think mainly with one of your mothers and um, that I've seen and um, and then with your mentor, Diane, Diane Whelan. Is it it's Diane? actually, yeah, it's uh, Diane. It's French, but looks like Diane. Diane. Yeah. And I love because it it feels like you've come from this, uh, yeah, you can just feel the strength of woman that you've come from and how beautiful and what a gift. And I guess what I wanted to, um, like, the, the um, I think the amazing thing about your work is you're not only an artist expressing truth, and really there's been so many artists throughout our history, you know, who've being so sensitive and vulnerable with their soul that they have gone to drugs or alcohol or, you know, all these vices just to protect because it feels so unsafe. And of course, these were all different times. Um, but, and, and many of them were only became sort of really successful after they died or received money after they died. And what I love is the path that you're walking is unafraid of money and also um, seem to be able to earn <laughs> in incredibly beautifully and well for your truth, for your vulnerability. It doesn't stop you from thinking, oh, I have, uh, I don't know, a I don't know, whatever business decision coming out, maybe I need to hold back some of my truth or maybe I need to... Um, dance around it never feels like that with you it feels like you're going to just share whatever's coming through along the way has that also always been um, a marriage with knowing that you can earn income for your truth or has that also evolved mm. so the first thing I have to lead with is I actually uh, it, during all this COVID stuff had half of my team quit um, because we were um, launching something and one of them was a rev share opportunity. So I understand, but I, um, I wrote a really controversial post. And for me, there's no like, it's time to be controversial or it's not time to be controversial. It's just like, whatever's there's there. And a couple of times now, those two team members had said like, Hey, you know, you can't share that or you can't say, you know, that doesn't belong because we're selling this thing or we're going to launch this thing and it's going <laughs> to more or less. And um, I actually had, I walked away from the one relationship amicably, um, amicably, amicably, there we go. Um, <laughs> we're still, we're still in contact, but just because for me, there can never be a cap on my truth. And mm -hmm. I just threw this huge line in the sand and I was like, all of my truth belongs. Some of it will like probably hurt people at times. And, you know, that's also theirs in some ways. And um, just like, that's it. And um, then like half my team quit. And so uh, it was interesting because I've been, I've never really had, that was my first experience of people say, like people around me that were part of my team. It was like, that was a very interesting experience because usually it's just me. And sometimes with my partners, I will 
talk to them and make sure that they feel safe and included in sharing of things. But um, I absolutely wasn't willing to shift anything for because I sell anything. It was like, no, who cares? Um, so I, I, I'm still learning that lesson and um, just very recently learned it in a pretty large way of like, am I willing to literally drop you know, three, three pretty important people. Um, and the answer was yes. So just had that experience, which, which was hard and beautiful. And, um, I find that we need to be, I think it's the ravens, raven, uh, totem animals are like the shapeshifter magicians. And I think that once we connect with our why and have an understanding of why we exist, why we're here, what our purpose is, it's really about shapeshifting, evolving, flowing. And often we're teaching the same thing in different ways, which are our what's and, uh, Simon Sinek says, and, so I have been a, an excellent shapeshifter um, in playing with changing how I make money. And you know, recently I, I liquidated my apparel company that was making about half my, my income for the year. But I was in Greece, and um, I did take a, it made a shift financially. And I was just like the the way to make it work again would have been out of like just interest for me more or less I was like I don't want to work on creating a bunch of t-shirts and do sales and write sale copy like that feels like bullshit so um then had the courage to allow that to fall away and now this is for the woman my community that I've built for three years is in this interesting transition into like an educational space which is really cool um but yeah so as far as the concept of of money and attraction and you know money's just energy one of the things that i have done for the last six years and as an entrepreneur and i'm still doing is always getting curious about what i'm interested in you know like at times i've been like i don't want to coach right now i just want to host retreats i just want to do in-person connection and i just retreated did retreats all over the world and at other times i was like i just want to see if my apparel company can support me making 20 grand a month and it did and so i think that that has given me a great sense of trust in adaptability adaptability mm. and resiliency and that's a big thing right now i'm in as well as i've been working with my boyfriend around the business that i want and what that looks like. So I'm actually in a huge evolution right now, um, which is really cool to shift in this different space and this different business model. And um, I think that's what it means to be um, an entrepreneur in some ways, is just to get curious about what we're interested in and working intelligently, the 80-20 business theory. It's like, for me as an artist, I'm sure you as well, like unplugged sacred stillness time, which I just took camping in the Kwame Valley public lands for a few days, it was COVID safe, everyone, um, was that I need that stillness and unplug time. And so balance within that and how to incorporate that in a big way. So I think it's an ongoing thing. And do you feel that as well as a, an entrepreneur, like really desiring stillness to wait for whatever's going to show up that you desire to say or that you desire to teach or that you desire to create and i think that's what gets missed as being an entrepreneur is we're just fucking hustling and mm -hmm. uh i actually the covid for me i had a hard stop of really tuning in with like what's the business i want how do i and my reality is i love like you know you we've talked about abraham hicks do you know her work yeah, I know. Her, I yeah, know her how work, she just yeah. 
goes on a stage and people just raise their hand and they sit down and she does improv. And that's the only coaching and teaching I desire to do right now. And so I'm shifting my business model to allow for more of that. And it's interesting to be comfortable in an improv space. Um, I don't want a script. I've been teaching a, a woman's group that's scripted. And I just fucking love hot seat stuff. And that's where the magic, juicy part of being a facilitator is for me. So right now I'm like, cool, how do I only create a space where... So my course, that my thing that's coming out is like a recorded course where I have the the curriculum with videos and worksheets and prompts. And then I'm just going to have Q&A calls over a year with a community of people who sign up for this where we just do hot seat stuff. And then I just call in other truth leaders like my Cairo, you know, the truth of your body, um, my friend Samantha Skelly, the truth of breath work. And that's what I'm excited about. So right now I'm in this phase of like, cool, I wonder if people, and I have no idea if they'll be excited. I haven't launched it yet. Um, and they could hate it and it could bomb or it could be amazing and financially, you know, support. I could completely let go of different things. So I think that, yeah, part of my work has definitely been, um, we want to trust before we have the experience. And so I take leaps before I have the knowingness, you know, this could flop. It could do like make 10 grand or it could make 300 grand. And I have no idea. And I'm just going to try because I believe that we, if we're waiting forever for the trust, we never have the experience. But, and so it's like, fuck it, I'm going to have the experience and I'm going to know. And so, um, that has been my walk as in a financial sense with money as an artist and as a coach and facilitator, all the different speaker, the things that I do. And just like constantly just staying curious to the sincerity of what I'm interested in and then trusting that because people are just here for the why, you just adapt and evolve and like you, they just come with you. You're like, this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> Do you want to come? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love to have examples of that shared because I feel... <laughs> I feel the same. I don't think I've ever mm -hmm. been able to get to the kind of incomes that I really like feel that I, I, I deserve or that I want or, or so on. But I had pretty much to a fault the same kind of attitude where I will only do what I want and it has to connect to my soul and it has to feel in the moment. And like you, I feel like I'm constantly shape-shifting. I actually have several clients or friends that keep coming up they're like you've shapeshifted again like you look different or you are like you are different I'm like cool that's cool and I yeah for me it was like this journey like I learned how to I was like ah, just love being independent and love earning money and love just feeling like I can have impact and I can just share the ideas and the thoughts and mm -hmm. and I think that's why I've also been so attracted to you and the way you um, walk through the world with your offerings and so on um, but it was like I mean people who listen to the podcast know my journey is like I just fell in love with learning about the deep feminine story like the history and I didn't know really how to connect that necessarily to money but every step of the way I have made money because I've been able to share workshops, talks, um, immersions, journeys with my own journey, just sharing what I'm learning and so on. And it's really been the last uh, two years um, where I've like 
okay, I need to create this as a fully formed organization. I'm getting closer and closer to really understanding what it, what, what it is and what it um, can be. And I have such a clear vision for it, but it's been nearly in this journey of like, okay, I like have to really get clear on this and actually slow down. I think I came away a little bit of my, the flow of like, inspiration offerings receiving and I was just like I'm slowing all the way down to build something and I'm just like emerging out of that cave where I'm like okay this is big and it's meant to be out in the world and there's so much to talk about here and there's so much to share and I feel super excited again because for a while I felt really heavy especially when I first reached out to you I was like looking back I was like I was going through a lot of heavy stuff because I was also sifting through a lot of this stuff but um it's been more and more this journey of like uh, historically actually in deep history there's quite a few examples of women earning money and being part of trade and owning land and so on um but then we lost that for a, a good chunk of modern history and we're just coming back to it and so it's just like stepping out and learning like we can actually receive in our feminine and I don't have to switch into the masculine because I gave up that like more hustle and like I have to go 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 like uh like seven years ago now and being in this journey of the deep feminine it's taken quite a while to be like no that too can receive and that too can show up in this world and it's actually more and more vital and the further along I've gone I felt like this is exactly what we need. We need the voice of the feminine. We need the values of the feminine. We need basically feminine, feminine, feminine to just bring back balance into our earth. Um, and that can also be the new economy and the way money flows. But I wonder if you have also had a journey with feminine, masculine, or those sort of archetypes or values. Totally what I love. And I think I just want to echo back to you. So you're saying that you had a belief that like, masculine was linked to like the yang make money piece versus feminine was like the rest nourish where you want to live but that couldn't be associated with making money got it yeah yeah i think that's a really hard piece i think that entrepreneurs have no idea how to fucking relax <laughs> like we have no idea i was listening to um one of my current uh, teachers and unofficial mentors slash friends. Uh, Boyd Vardy is a South African tracker and, um, you know, shaman coach, speaker, everything. Um, and he's living in a tree house for 40 days and 40 nights in South Africa um, to be alone with himself. There's an ancient proverb that says, to know a people, you must spend 40 days with them. And he was sharing in these little, he's sending these little sound bites out of the treehouse that are being released on his piece. And he was talking about an artist friend of his who would spend an entire day just staring at the ceiling and just like waiting for the vision to come in and how even as entrepreneurs were like trying to like rush, absorb, gather, like it's almost like a masculine way of trying to seek and find creation as well as money and clients. Um, so that's what I just thought of was so beautiful of like, thinking of yourself as a painter and your feminine like laying on the floor and that money could arrive in that space like that money can arrive in that space and you know I know very I know a few painters who I think are like have like a medium skill set who just make fucking bank and I also remember a dear friend of mine who passed um, her first public speaking gig she I remember I was just starting and she was just starting. I spent all this time and like money's really just made up. 
like value is made up. It's like 100% made up. And I'm not saying like spiritual billionaire out of integrity made up, but I mean that like as human beings, our, our, our value is so individualized. And like I had someone assess my, my garden work the other day and he was like $340. And I was like, sounds good. Like could have been a thousand. And meanwhile, my boyfriend was like, that's too much. And I was like, well, like works for me. <laughs> And so, um, in that concept, in that space, um, my friend, my friend Mindy, who passed away, she had this, uh, her first public speaking gig. I remember us sitting in a coffee shop in Vancouver and I had also just got a speaking gig and I had like struggled to put my foot down for two grand. Like I was like two grand and it felt so scary and like that I well, it wasn't worth that yet. And all these stories. And meanwhile, she, she was like, I was like, how, like, what did you get asked for? And she was just like, very nonchalantly, like 10 K. I was like, what? Like your first gig? She was like, yeah. I'm like, did they pay it? She was like, yeah. And it was just so easy. You know, it was like, and so there's so funny how we create story and emotion around money. That's just ours. Um, and so, yeah, it's like from that feminine receiving space how can we be nourished by receiving and welcome in abundance and I think I'm still largely also on that journey I think I have a, a fairly large I'm in a new partnership four months in which is amazing and everything I've like wish I wake up so many days like the last few months and I've just been like I have everything I want I have a puppy who's amazing and I have like I've wanted a dog my whole life and I have this new partner and I'm just swimming in this abundance of seeds I planted a long time ago and I'm still I think in a a, a phase with my business of figuring it out because um, especially right now with COVID more than ever, people are needing to be supported. So my, my coaching business is thriving. <laughs> There's a lot of people I personally am supporting about 30 people. I have two women's groups that are running every two weeks, but I also do some one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and then I have about like 10 one-on-one -on -one clients that are either like one-off calls or in my program. And so it's balancing like the space that I hold and you've been in my container is like I have a four hour capacity energetically as a coach a day and it's really balancing holding that space and supporting everyone and then supporting the other pieces of my business and because some team members quit I'm like sending invoices and hiring new marketing strategists and finding course creators and just that balance and so what I've been heart like connecting to is doing one thing at a time and giving myself permission to adjust agreements. I have my second book, There's Cobwebs on Her Vagina, uh, which is a, like a book book. And then I have an audio book I recorded with personal story of my first book. And I have this course community to launch. And I wanted, I wanted to do them all at once. And I've just completely surrendered. I'm like, the books might come out in two to three months. I'm just focusing on doing one thing. And that for me is part of being in my feminine of like really, and even like I just took three days off. I pushed my launch back a week because I was like, I need to go into the wilderness. I need to be in the stillness of the wild. I need to like hear ravens caw and sleep under the stars. And like, I need that to do this. And um, so I, I push things back a week. And for me right now, the balance, the feminine, the masculine, um, and I think I got sidetracked there, but like, I'm really noticing my masculine in partnership coming out a lot. <laughs> like, oh shit. Like the self-protecting part of me is the masculine. Um, but 
yeah, I think that our getting in harmony with our feminine is something that is a, is a thing that we're all learning. And also in business and with money, for me, it's like creating a balance and harmony that supports the feminine, like truly supports the feminine and allows allows her space and that's one gift of covid while everyone's locked in their houses we are in the motherfucking yin we are in a winter we are in a fog we are in the feminine in some ways being well some of us are some of us are probably still working pretty hard but it's this space of deep nourishment and stillness that i don't know if our world would have ever have taken and you know not to discredit the actual death spiral and everything happening there's so many sides to the conversation but part of that is people needed to fucking stop and slow down um and so they're stopped and uh i'm even noticing the pace of like my dog trainer we had like a virtual call and she's so relaxed and i was like man we have needed this so badly <laughs> yeah I think I kind of answered that. I go, I'm a storyteller, so I float, I float everywhere. Did I answer it? Yeah, we're, we're exactly the same. I'm like tangent upon tangent upon tangent when I talk. Um, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, beautiful. And I, once again, I just love, I think we need as many examples of this, of what it looks like to run a business and how to um, allow for space, allow for rest. It's a big thing ever since I began a Jenny um this apprenticeship journey like seven years ago of working with the seasons it was like a slowing down allowing for winter like rest nothing integration and i would learn how many lessons i would actually integrate better because of that rest to actually become wiser with the next step forward again and then energized again with spring and and, and using those seasons and cycles which is like within us it's in our like dna it's within our survival mechanism here on earth so for sure just having this slow down I mean for me personally my life isn't that different at all <laughs> I've always, like I've been pretty yin and I've been pretty mellow I've had just um more one-on-one -on -one with my really active two and a half year old but it was such a gift last week they invited him back to preschool and we are all so happy him especially because he's like <laughs> Leo, I need people. I need energy. I need to be the center of attention. And I was like starting to feel that like slight burnout of like, whew, full-time full -time motherhood. I really love the concept of the village and of like the mm -hmm. tribe. And I don't want to be in this modern dysfunction of the burden on one person or two people, even on a relationship. It's like not, not right. So I think there's all these things that we're unraveling and something you touched upon at the beginning, which I find so interesting because this is something, a huge part of my research has been like the narratives that we're told and um, just starting to understand there's more layers or, or understanding because I hear the, um, you know, the fear of being ostracized, which is a huge part. You see it with chimpanzees or like, you know, with our, with our closest animal relatives. But what I've also been learning is that like, this hunter-gatherer or this kind of more um, tribal way of life was actually 95% of our human experience on earth. And that there were actually, and there still are today, tribes who live in this far more egalitarian way, which um, it really means like no centralized power. And what it requires is these agreements and these relationships and these practices and rituals and traditions, I think, of speaking your truth 
and letting it out and then letting that um, sort of be worked through. Mm. And I loved um, recently hearing someone, and I've forgotten his name, but I'll, I'll link him below when I remember after the call. But uh, he was sharing that, like, you know, the more and more things we have in our life, the more money, the more, the more things, the less accountable we can sometimes be to ourselves, like our inner workings, our emotions. And I don't think it's necessarily true if you're an entrepreneur, because you have to constantly face your stuff that's coming up because you're mm. working with yourself. But often, for sure, if people are with companies or big organizations and busy lives, it's like, you're not really necessarily spending the time to look at your truth or even what you feel. And um, I think it's just like circling back around to sharing truth. I think it is such an important thing. And to also contextualize it right now, the, within this current pandemic, the, um, the sort of, the sort of freedom of speech being sort of attacked. And I, I'm not like fully into conspiracy theories or, uh, the alternative theories, but I am willing to listen to alternative perspectives and so on. And the only alarm bells I've had is like actual things being shut down and truth being like, this can't be part of the conversation. And whether it's like ridiculous or not, I think we're allowed to be um, humans with opinions and perspectives and we should be allowed to be mature enough to be part of this conversation. And I think the real causes like uh, for the animals, for <laughs> refugees, for indigenous people, for black people, for uh, women, all of these really important um, movements and issues and stuff, they actually could be served better by us sharing our like imperfect, uncomfortable truths and the things that come up with us because we've all been conditioned by the society and media and we're all part of it and the dysfunctions always seem to lie when we again pretend that we're we're not you know that we're perfect or we, we know the right things to say and we become so educated that we we know that um have you have you had like you mentioned the controversy I don't know if you feel comfortable to share like what triggered your your team or just like any any truth that you felt that like really um, pushed you out of your envelope and also um, felt maybe also some of the most vulnerable truths that you've shared? Oh, hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, the piece with my, with my team was just, was just around, I don't know if I, if I would use that as an example. Um, I think that the most vulnerable truths to share well, it's just interesting that they were so triggered they didn't want to work. It was it was a combination of it was a combination of things. It had happened a couple of times where I'd expressed and there had been team sensitivity that really for me had been like if I as a was a boss um, or as not a, not as even a boss because they weren't fully working with me as a you know contractor to contractor um, if I were to or if someone's working for me and if they were to feel there was something in the terms of leadership with them that was out, I would hold space for that. But this was more so, we don't feel that that expression is appropriate to this context. And that for me didn't work because my expression is a non-negotiable. It's like, that's not yours. If I show up in a way and I'm late for meetings or I'm not meeting expectations, fuck yeah, hold me accountable. But um, in the context of truth and expression, not. Um, 
the most challenging, it's actually might have been when we were working together or directly before, was the piece that I shared around Botox and plastic surgery, actually. Um, that was the hardest um, controversial piece in, in, in backlash and dealing with and vulnerability because I felt so misunderstood and you know, what is to, it's, it's so interesting. I've, I'm, I have a, right now I'm committed to being understood. So many artists have this story that like, we're not understood, which is like, it's, it's an upper limit problem for sure. Like a, a ceiling cap because have you read the Cor A Course in Miracles? No, but I've heard a lot of people yeah. about it and talk about it. Yeah. yeah. There's a quote there that says nothing real can be threatened hmm. and nothing unreal exists. And it's this space of, um, you know, I, I've been working with Gay a lot on that and like trusting that the people that I desire to have around me and who get me, you know, whether it's a client, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a partner, whether it's a team member, like the people who like get me will get me and those can't be threatened. And really, really, really making a home in that truth. And even, um, you know, I've had some experiences with people I won't go too deeply in trying to sue me or, you know, coming after me saying I've, t I've cop you know, copyrighted whatever those pieces. And um, one of them actually recently reached out to Gay Hendricks, my mentor. And he just so calmly was like, hey, this happened. Um, and you know, there was no emotion, no nothing around it. And I was like, I'm so sorry that touched you. You know, I've been dealing with it with lawyers for a while. And, um, he just, he was just like, yep, yeah, well, you know, and, and it was interesting because my lawyer was like, well, should we do something? And I was like, no, like, it's interesting because that person has gone after a lot of people around me and like nothing real can be threatened because they get me and they get it. And then I just had this beautiful conversation around fans and haters doing weird stuff. And I had a, a fan in the beginning of my career, like six years ago, I remember I published a piece called how to love like a tigress on elephant journal. And I was just like really naive and, and flattered by anybody seeing me. Cause I just, you know, came out as a writer and was so flattered by being received by you know, hundreds and thousands. And I also never tried to build a following. That was just like a benefit. And um, this guy wrote me this message saying, I'd like to send you a gift. And, you know, part of me was like, great. And he made me a, a mala bee necklace with like t the eye of the tiger, like tiger eye, and like a homemade perfume and like his grandmother's glass perfume bottle and like shipped it to me. And it was just like, so creepy and so wrong in so many like the energy of it was like not clean i remember getting it and being like oh and there was like a big love letter and i was like no and so it just turned into this conversation and like what could be perceived as like oh no that's danger or threat or what if my amazing mentor who doesn't coach people anymore who's coaching me who's a world been on oprah three times um you know if if uh what would he what if that threatens our relationship and what I keep realizing and coming home to is like nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists. So if I lose followers, readers, clients, that's another thing I've had recently as well is like for the first time, I think it's more, the more I step into a facilitator, I had a woman in one of my women's group who was actually like, has trust stuff around facilitators who was like challenging me. And I, I had kind of been taking it because I was like, we're coaches. We're meant to just like hold space. And Gay was like, I kick people out of my facilitator training and like fire her. 
like just fire her. Like I fire clients all the time. You ha and I was like, we're allowed to fire clients? And like, and just being in that space of um, deep trust in the message, the art form, whether it is a coaching art form or a uh, writing expression piece, like the, the piece around Botox in Australia is like, I was deeply misunderstood by many national news platforms. I was on the Today Show in Australia, the Sydney Morning Herald, New Zealand Morning Herald, like I was getting contacted by all these papers and news outlets to make statements. And my message had been in my heart and maybe it didn't come out that way or wasn't experienced that way. My message in my heart was, I'd actually just seen a woman who had had a ton of plastic surgery done and I couldn't see her anymore. Like I couldn't see her, her meat bag characteristics that were like her. She just looked like this thing that wasn't her anymore. And I was sad and then angry. And so I wrote this place probably from a combination of both of like, you know, God, like, how many of us are doing the work to really love ourselves, like to love and accept ourselves before we go under the knife? And it got miscued to like me judging people who got plastic surgery, but it was more so like, are we addressing the pain and the trauma of maybe why we're shifting our bodies? But there were some media outlets that understood me and some people who did and lots of people who didn't. And I think that um, part of it is just allowing anyone who misunderstands to be let go. I don't think that real relationships that are true to the bone of our souls can ever be threatened. And that's in business, that's in love, that's in friendship, that's as artists, that's in family, that's in friends. It's like, if somebody is, is true to the bone of your soul in acceptance and unconditional love of who you are, they just come with you as you shift and change and they look at your edges and they love you anyway. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, I forget the initial question, but that's kind of the space of, with controversy, with teaching, with being a student, always, that's the only way we ever become a teacher is by continuously staying a student. Um, and that's what I've been learning lately is like committing to being understood and understanding that anyone who doesn't understand that connection wasn't real to begin with and it didn't exist, you know, and that doesn't mean not having accountability, but just allowing when there's differing opinions or points, points of view to just like with grace go, okay. Yes. And wow, there's so much there. It's like. Yeah, because sometimes when you share truths and it triggers and it makes it uncomfortable between certain relationships, it's also where you grow and you've come closer if you're meant to. And it's like the opportunity loss. <laughs> I think that was a huge, um, huge thing. Like when I met my husband, it was like, <laughs> it was like beautiful because we're so obviously in love and passion and so on. But the, the first few months were also like super intense, like, I need to know, are you for real? Are you here? I'm not wasting my time anymore. I've just like, I've gone through enough of these blah, 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 blah. I've just been through like a year and a half of celibacy. And I was like, I'm not messing around. And I'm going to show you everything. And I'm going to be imperfect and not be the cool girl anymore who like holds back my true, my true like fears. Because I also read your post this morning and it just reminded me uh, just touching on a little bit about um, the fears that can come up in relationships. And to me, like, 
I, I think I had it from society. Men spread their seed. Men go out. And the, these are the stories that repeated. And I kind of went through many relationships also just like, I'm going to hold my, like, my power and I'm going to step away. I'm not going to show my true self. <laughs> and it was such a relief to um, come into this real relationship. And then I've been learning it, really. And then since I think we, we stopped working together, it was like, I learned it in a really rough way in many ways um, through friendships because like you, I was like kind of at the stage now where it has to be the same thing that I have with my, my love relationship. It's like you're either with me, with my full truth. I noticed certain people where I would dance around the truth or I'd feel uncomfortable or I could tell I would trigger them and then I would be like, ooh, I better hold that back. And I was like, no, I'm ready to like let it all go. And then it's beautiful who does, um, who's there with you and who's there with you um, through the shape-shifting as well because I know change, it's like uncomfortable and not everyone is, is up for that ride all the time within their own life and, and with um, yourself. But like you, just like committing to that, like I have to speak my truth and it has to just be released from me because I realized like, the the stress and the anxiety of like holding stuff in and the the block actually I think when I actually um came through working with you it was realizing like actually the block for me just expressing my truth to the world is really starts with my inner circle and if there's some friends that I'm still dancing around or even family members uh, me and my mom and sister had a beautiful Christmas where I think we just got a little bit more raw and uncomfortable with another another my sister like she turned to me and she's like you know you often like talk over me and I was like whoa <laughs> notice I talk over you. but you could see what a big moment that was for her and then then that can mirror back and I could share things with her so yeah I, I I'm grateful for this um conversation as well because I think we need to know that this is possible I think so many of us have grown up in the world believing the only way to be liked um, the only way to be accepted the only way to have success the only way to earn money is to kind of present certain sides of ourselves and just the integrity and courage it takes to continually step forward and be vulnerable and uh, and then the actual incredible gifts that come through of the real people in your life where you start to feel like ah oh, I've got my people I've got an inner circle now where I feel strong like I can go out now more and more out into the world this is me personally like and share some of these really like triggering uncomfortable things that I have to to put out there um, but I have always my place to come back to and be held and I recently had um, a client she's part of my uh, she joined the research house um, for Soul Sea Gathering, my, my research project. And she was like, I, every time I listen to you and every single thing I read, I'm like deeply triggered by it. And that's why I keep coming back. And I was like, so it was like the best compliment I had received, I think, thus far from a client. I was like, okay. Like, I didn't even think about triggering you, people anymore. I was just like, sharing so yeah what a beautiful journey and I'm so happy for you that you have uh, found partnership and love and to have been on that journey with you as well online is like such a, a beautiful thing how 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 is that like journey going how is it ah. all 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's so interesting, and I relate to you. Like we, me and Chris went so hard, and we knew we were like deep, um, and that we're like move fast, and we're both working personal development, and um, are really dedicated to going deep. So. We move through, I know there's like the stages of like infatuation, lust, love, power struggle, stabilization, agreements, co-creation. Like we went into power struggle in like month two, maybe. And we were we were quarantined for the first, but we were still moving through power struggle. We've recently hit stabilization two weeks ago, um, but it was it, the struggle was real um, and we were quarantining together. So I can say that it is, I, I have desired to be met like this for my whole life and being met in the way that we desire to be met in love, no matter how much getting ready we've done and work that we've done, there is a work to being met as deeply as we desire because um, one of my coaches is a South African pattern breaking coach, Vincent Cubitt, and we talk a lot about like when you're falling in love with somebody, you're you're not just falling in love with somebody and creating bond and connection through their eyes. You're seeing the love that you are because we're all, we all exist as love and light. That's our natural state. So it's this great love story and infatuation with not just a person you're falling in love with, but with parts of yourself and falling the more that you touch the vulnerability and intimacy and truth of who you are through the, through their eyes, through this experience. Um, and it's interesting because when we lose that relationship, sometimes we like think that, we've lost that thing, but what that is was also being closer to ourselves, which we never lose. Um, but when, when we're in the midst of that falling in love with person and ourselves, there's also this inevitability of us being in that state to just access every part of our pain body, which is why we're triggered by the closest people to us, which is why our family and our partners, like they just drive us fucking crazy. It's because they trigger the pain body because they're the closest to us. And so I've been getting real close and personal with pain body and patterns and the piece I wrote this morning around really meeting. Yeah, Boyd just blew my mind yesterday when he said like, you know, to to learn a lesson from a, something that is painful in your life is to have the experience and have the takeaways and integrate it and like learn from it. And to not learn the lesson is to live in that story for 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 years and to constantly talk, express, be in it, recreate it. And that's when our patterns come in. And so lately I've been really acknowledging the same as you, like, are you here? Like, are you fucking ready? Like my, and we're also so different. Like we were camping and um, there's coyotes and a bunch of things. And I thought that there was a person, I heard footsteps outside of the tent. And so, and, and so I was like, I think that there's a person. And like his theory was like, it's aliens. Like the, the, the Patagon or the Paragon just released that there's alien activity and we'd seen a weird light. And he was like, it's aliens, babe. And I was like, oh my God, no, it's like a serial killer or a coyote. And neither of those are safe. Um, and so that's just a little quip, but, um, just so, you know, and he's a somatic communicator and I'm very verbal and just like learning how to communicate with one another. And, you know, in conflict, he needs space, whereas I need closeness and he's a secure attachment type, but he processes and self-regulates his emotions alone and really likes to take responsibility and regulation for that. And that's like the most triggering for me because I've dated avoidant men who've just left 
but he's not leaving. He's staying and doing his work, but it feels the same. And so we've been moving through a lot of it. And we're finally, the last two weeks, we are in stabilization and agreement phase. And um, that's been beautiful. And um, so, yeah, I feel, I feel deeply met and nourished and um, yeah, it's like just waking up and being like, oh, it's like I'm in it. And I desired this for so long and it came, it, it came like quite quietly. Um, and, uh, and not in the way that I expected, you know, he was married for like 10 years, six years in a relationship. And, um, when I first met him to my standards, his heart sheets were not clean enough. And I was like, no, there's like 5% of you that's a maybe I'll get back together with my ex-wife. So like, get the fuck out of here. And like, I just like great wall of China. I was like, come back when you're ready. Like not interested in being in anyone's gray. And then like kind of similar to you, it sounds like in some ways I'm like, are you here? Are you fully ready? And then, um, yeah, when he did come back, his heart sheets were clean, but I still had these like, but are you sure? You know, like, are you, are you sure? And you've already had the marriage and lived with somebody and the dogs. And like, do you want that again? Do you want that same piece? Because um, his astrologer that he sees talks about the fact that like I was royalty in some past life and in this life I'm really looking to find my king and my partner and to just do life with them which is so so true to what I feel I'm like a lone wolf I'm very introverted I love space alone time stillness socializing in deep ways in small pockets and then returning to stillness and I'm desiring to go deep with somebody and so um yeah, so we've been in this beautiful journey. It's been four months now. We just hit our four month mark and um, yeah, really, really happy, really met. He's like, and he's also just like so sexy. And like, I would have taken him no matter what his meat bag looked like, but like I literally got like the shallow aesthetics of like beautiful blonde hair and blue eyes and a gorgeous body and like, Mr. Surfer, even though he doesn't surf and at least learning, but he doesn't really surf <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's cute. And uh, and I also got this deeply spiritual, sensitive being who challenges and pushes my edges. And um, yeah, so I've been on this like crash course journey right now, too, of like amidst everything with like the business transition of like love and partnership. And um, yeah, so it's been it's 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 beautiful and it's also definitely not been like we have not been honeymooning it has been fucking it's like getting a cauldron and just putting all of your stuff in and just working it out together so yeah yeah and that's nearly what i recommend to people because it's like the love and the, the passion and the lust is there like that's the time you can also do all that stuff and just see are they gonna stick around and i think I relate so much to so many so many things that you were saying and there's so many tangents again I would love to take but what I wanted to just um yeah mirror back is that like yeah it's the um it's these things that feel like it's the same but then it's not and then it's the healing piece and I was like ah like I felt like like it took a you know a couple of years to just keep sighing breaths of release like oh yeah you're not that person yeah. Oh, you're not that guy. You're not trying oh, to hurt me. <laughs> yes. Um, what a gift to Jenny. And I would love, I want to be, I want to honor your time. And mm -hmm. um, I would love to do a part two sometime. Yes. 
it yeah. just flows because I feel like there's so much I, I love talking with you and to have yeah really to have you walking out in the world I love your boundaries your truths the way you evolve shapeshift all those things your phrase I walk like walk tall your like bio I share slabs of my heart for a living all these things that I think we just need more of in mm, the world yeah. and just to become I think for me and I can speak for many others I think it's this feeling of like am I safe am I safe to, mm. to, to to live this way to be this way and the relief you feel when you live this way and and all those things and I've also recently been like through really this pandemic slowing down that just a little bit more just looking around at my life being like, this is it. This is it. This is the dream. This is everything. Like I'm actually complete and I have this huge excitement and drive to keep putting things out into the world and having my voice shared and creativity and so on. So excited to continue on. And I would love to just give you the last few minutes to share anything you'd like to share about your offerings your course anything coming up sure well, i'd love to have a part two we should do it like after i've launched my program it'd be cool to have a part two and to talk about the transition in that space of um of pieces but cool yeah um so as i mentioned i'm in a transition space to trying out this new piece which is like a, a course i've created called your truth is your medicine but also having this year-long community where um i will be doing two like monthly q a calls and i'm gonna have some um some coaches or students who are going to be holding space in more of a community space on Facebook. Um, there'll be like daily prompts and all kinds of stuff in there to engage and people will move through the curriculum, binge it like Netflix or as slow as they want. Um, and my intention is there is to try this different space. You know, I'm interested in also doing like a, a speaking workshop tour where it is just like me sitting on a stage and someone coming up and being like, cool, like what's your truth? like what's causing suffering? What are you not honoring? Or what are you honoring? Or what's the problem? And um, identifying what truths are in the way and just creating space for those. So, and then in the other part of my month, probably three weeks of the month, really being in stillness and nature and in creation space as a writer, and then just going into accessibility for very small windows and pockets um, is where I'm moving. So, um, I, I would say that the best thing would be, I'll give you my email list link um, and I'll be launching that course and that community. Um, and uh, so probably staying, staying in touch there, that may become the main component of my business, um, depending on how it's received, how people love it. And that might be kind of, it's, it's also much more affordable. Uh, I made it more affordable than my one-on-one -on -one coaching just to see if also in that space, um, there can be that accessibility because I hit a point with prices and my time where um, I was in that 80-20 business theory as a coach, but then I'm only accessible to the top tier of people who are able, either willing to invest or able to spend that kind of money to work with me. So in creation of this, it's like, can it be more accessible? Um, can I get 150 to 200 people to walk through this journey for the next 12 months of really walking with courageous commitment towards the truth of who they are and like let's see how that goes so um if you're listening to this and this is you then if you sign up for my email list we're going to be doing i think like two launches um and the first launch is going to be in a month or two um and yeah very excited that would be the best space or my book my first book is called 
this is for the women who don't give a fuck. That one's out. I get it on Amazon. And my next book, um, which I self-publish and I'm so proud of, will be released after I launch this community space. So we'll see. That might be a couple of months out, but um, yeah, that's there. So those are the main ways. Instagram too, I post. If you want to just read my stuff, that's where I hang out the most. I think it gets shared to Facebook too. I have a social media manager who puts it over there. I'm bored of Facebook, but it still exists. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the main way. And um, thank you so much for having me, Hannah. It's so beautiful to connect with you. And um, I love, I'd love to do a part two. And I love connecting with you and the space that you hold in this world for women and um, your exploration of how to do that in a space of like deep integrity and sincerity with like the truth of who you are um, is something that I've witnessed and continue to witness and, and, and love. And I think that's why we connect so well. Mm, thank you so much, Yana, for joining the podcast and I'll link everything below and yeah, so excited for the part two. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> ah. mm.